Welcome to the Clifford Chance podcast, where our experts discuss pressing issues and trends faced by the business world today. On today's podcast, we will be discussing private investments in public equities, also known as pipes, a hot topic globally right now, and one that we see typically spring up during times of financial distress. I'm Camden Collins, a Knowledge Director in the Private Equity Team in London, and I'm lucky to be joined today by Johnny Myers, Global Head of Private Equity at Clever Chance, Philip Kluckner, a partner in our Banking and Capital Markets Team in Frankfurt, and finally, Greg Scott, a Senior Associate in the firm's Private Equity Team in London. Thank you all for joining. Conscious you're all very busy at the moment, so kicking off with the most pressing question, Johnny, why is the market so interested in pipes right now? Thank you, Tamsin. Well, many companies are addressing the need for financing generally, given the impact of COVID, and they are looking at a range of opportunities. Some companies are anticipating increased financing needs as government support that has been provided during COVID crisis reduces, and recognizing for many businesses that their markets are more challenging than before COVID. It's worth remembering what pipes are all about. As a general summary, they are one form of financing available to publicly traded companies. In its most simple form, a financial investor subscribes for new equity, often at a range of up to 20%, with financial investor becoming an anchor shareholder and participating at the board level. There are alternative structures to pipes, and they can involve instruments such as convertible debt. The Further factors that are related to this is that debt markets can be particularly difficult, uh, especially if a listed business has had its debt downgraded in the current climate. Some companies are also focused on reducing additional debt that's been taken on board in the crisis. Now, a further factor is the reduced public market valuations, which can appear attractive to financial investors. We will hear today that the precise pricing point can be limited and timing can be challenging. Yet, as we stand today, one sees the attraction of the reduced public market valuations for financial investors. A further point to consider is a possible softening of the stance on preemption rights by institutional investors, trade bodies, and regulators in a range of the European jurisdictions that we are looking at today. Finally, as much as we're talking about Europe, it is also worth noting that there are pipes in Asia and pipes in the US. One has seen particular activity. We have had considerable experience in Asia. And in the US with pipes, it is worth remembering that the market there is really quite different. And that is driven by the fact that the investor can have a more bespoke relationship and arrangement with the company. So, Philip, in your experience, what is so attractive about doing a pipe instead of turning to the existing shareholders through the customary rights issue? Thank you, Johnny. In my experience, there are a couple of factors that make it more attractive to do pipes instead of rights issues. The key selling point for issuers and investors alike is speed, in my view. The speed factor entails further key benefits, namely a very short exposure to market risk compared to rights issues and cost. Another important factor is flexibility in the concrete implementation of pipes. 
Let me get back to my first point on speed in a little more detail. As a capital markets lawyer, I obviously enjoy preparing prospectuses, but they are the main reason why rights issues take so much longer to prepare. Except for very small volumes, rights issues require the preparation of the securities prospectus and an approval process with a competent regulator. Types of up to 20%, however, can be placed and admitted without a prospectus. Another timing factor is corporate law. In most major European jurisdictions, types are implemented by excluding preemption rights of existing shareholders on the basis of spending pre-authorizations. Pre-authorizations typically range from around 5% of an issuer's share capital in the UK, over 10% in Germany, Italy, and the Netherlands, to 20% in France, for example. If the volume of pre-authorizations is Sufficient pipes can be implemented within something like two weeks. Otherwise, special shareholders' meetings will be convoked for the issuance and will take a couple of weeks. Let me get back to my earlier point on market exposures. While a rights issue requires an offer period of two or more weeks, depending on the jurisdictions during which the transaction is exposed to market risk, pipes are typically announced and placed outside of trading hours overnight, except for a potential short wall crossing period. On flexibility, pipes can be structured by way of straight equity, but can also be done, for example, by way of convertible instruments. With a convertible instrument, investors can enjoy the benefits of a combination of a downside protection as repayable debt instrument combined with the upside potential of a conversion into equity if the share price develops accordingly. Another point worth mentioning is that pipes will bring in new money without putting a strain on existing shareholders' ability and willingness to provide further sources. And of course, depending on the investor, pipes by a strong investor may also be regarded as an endorsement in the issuer, also known as the Warren Buffett effect. So, Craig, why do you believe only few financial investors have been active in this investment space recently, given all these advantages I just mentioned. Thanks, Philip. So look, I think it's a really, really good question. And in my mind, there are a few key hurdles. The first, and it's a biggie, is the lack of contractual governance and control rights. So things like board appointments, veto rights of a budget, business plan, material business decisions, essentially that ability to control and influence the public company's affairs and add value. And all those things which typically a financial investor would expect to receive uh, on any form of a private investment in a private company. Now, this creates a real tension with most financial investors' business models and agreements with their own investors. Those LPs or investors in the asset manager are, are paying management and performance fees to the, those asset managers to add value and, and seek alpha returns, which they do typically through the ability to influence and, and shape the companies they invest in. Now, without that key ingredient, it'd be much cheaper for those LPs and investors to simply go into the market and buy stakes themselves in the public securities without then also having to pay uh, these additional performance and management fees and still re receive a lack of control or influence themselves. I think the second hurdle centers around preemption rights and the importance placed on those principles across Europe. Companies, companies have to offer existing shareholders the right to participate in future security issues. And even where companies have that ability to issue securities on a non-preemptive basis, 
they tend to be small amounts, ranging from 5% in the UK to 20% in France. Now, once you're past those thresholds, you're into shareholder vote territory to supply preemption, uh, which can range from up to 50% up to 75% of shareholder approval requirements for that disapplication. So, you know, administratively, it becomes much more of an issue and a risk in terms of getting that pipe investment through. And then I think the third hurdle uh, centers around the limits of, of a discount that can be applied to the current trading price for any pipe investment. As I mentioned earlier, financial investors um, look to uh, create outsized returns for their investors. And it's one thing to buy in at the same price as everyone else, um, but to also do so without any control rights um, or ability to influence those companies means that actually uh, the level of discounts or the, or, the, or the limits on those discounts can matter more so and, and have a greater impact on the potential return profile of any pipe investment. Now, that's not to say that there aren't discounts available. There are, but they do vary across Europe and, and tend to range from 5% of Germany to 10% in the UK and France to up to no cap at all in, in Belgium or, or the Netherlands. So there is a range. But I think the real lack of a material discount premium, for want of a better word, if you will, uh, coupled with that inability to add value through control rights and governance, or taking that sizable stake without running into preemption issues means that pipe investments can, can be tricky to get through investment committees um, for, all these, for these various reasons. So I guess taking a step back, Philip, how exactly do pipes work in practice? And do investors need to be careful about the size of their stake? Thank you, Craig. You already touched upon many key aspects. In practice, the most important transaction structuring parameters for pipes are size and discount, in my view. In terms of size, financial investors will typically be interested in acquiring a substantial stake, also with a view to blocking rights. The maximum size for pipes will be limited by the European Prospectus Regime in practice. As mentioned earlier on, under the European Prospectus Regime, the admission of 20% or more of the existing capital will require a prospectus. Hence, most pipes will stay below 20% of the existing share capital. Another sizing constraint may arise from foreign direct investment rules. These vary country by country, but will typically restrict investments from outside the country or from outside the European Union in several industries. Thresholds also vary. 10% is, however, a typical threshold in many European jurisdictions. On the implementation and practice question, let me maybe touch upon convertible securities for a moment. Convertible securities do provide a higher level of flexibility in their structure, but also require more negotiation and diligence in the details. For example, anti-dilution provisions will have to be negotiated carefully and may range from a full ratchet protection to a weighted average anti-dilution protection, which takes into account not only the lower price of the new issuance, but also the size of the offering and the number of ordinary shares issued. Lastly, I would like to mention one other practical factor to bear in mind when doing pipes. In many European jurisdictions, the pricing of a pipe will set a floor for any potential following public to private offerings. Let me maybe stop here, Craig, and ask you what else you think financial investors need to vary off before investing. So, look, I think depending on the size of the stake in the industry in which the pipe investment is taking place, the investor could be required to 
get through a change of control approval process. So, for example, in a regulated industry like insurance or financial services, the 10% threshold um, or acquisition of shares of the 10% would require approval from that regulator, which in itself brings issues around uh, making those applications and actually getting the underlying approval itself. Equally, the liquidity of any stake acquired through a pipe investment needs to be considered very carefully. That, that stake may well be tied up contractually through a lockup, um, agreed with the company, which in Europe uh, can range anywhere between six months to two years in practice. Um, and I think the other key element is the point of exit. How are you going to sell and create that liquidity? Will you sell to another investor bilaterally? Will you hope to get bought out alongside others in a public takeover scenario? Or will you be forced to sell down in block or discounted sales? So all elements you need to factor into your your ultimate uh, end end t- uh, returns and, and uh, ultimate goals. And I think the challenge in particular with larger stakes is that the market typically will anticipate a financial investor selling down eventually to create that liquidity. So there is typically an overhang in terms of the share price being suppressed, anticipating the eventual sale by that third party, which can have a, a negative impact on the overall size of the financial investors' returns in, in the long run. And then I think the final element is, is largely reflective of how the alternative investment industry has, has morphed and expanded over the last 10 years. So many of our financial investor clients have multiple and varying alternative investment strategies, all housed under one roof, um, such as multi, multi-asset managers who invest across industries and across varying asset classes. Investors need to be very careful to ensure that any investment in a pipe takes account of their very own structures, such that those with both private investment strategies and discretionary investment arms don't trip each other up through investments in the same companies, where those investments could well be aggregated for concert party purposes. And then I think finally, and equally important on the same note, is that in the inadvertent sharing of information received as a result of that investment, one needs to be very careful in those wider investment uh, strategy houses as it were, of any price sense of information you receive or share amongst each other, um, which can inherently trip you up on the various uh, local law rules in respect of holding and, and actually trading on, on the back of that information. Thank you, Johnny, Philip and Greg. Um, as you've explained today, there are many issues to think about in pipes. These are further considered in our publication the cross-jurisdictional comparative analysis of pipes across seven European jurisdictions. The approach you'll need to take on each investment is very country-specific. Pipes have to consider a complex range of shareholder rights, which will need to be carefully managed. There are also a number of pricing implications and constraints which will need to be considered. Caps on discounts are available, and prices can only be set shortly before announcement. In addition, you should be mindful of different structures when implementing a pipe. There are a series of percentages and thresholds which could impact the filing and prospectus requirements. You have been listening to the Clifford Chance podcast. Please subscribe to our podcast by visiting cliffordchance.com and follow us on LinkedIn.